0: I learned something. I know why Pastor Steve has me come here. You're messed up? (laughs) Well, guess what? So am I. So we're a good combination. I I mean, isn't that great? Isn't that great? So, um, there, okay. So, I got a Jack Russell. Anyone have a Jack Russell? Awesome, aren't they? I mean, they're like, they're like jumping jacks. They're just all over the place, and all I have to do is go in the house and I say, "Want to go?" And she is ready. I mean, she is like, "Now I want to go." It's like, "Send me." It's it's sort of like a mom coming into the kids. They're not all yours. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, wow. I know some of them are, I can tell. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, so, but it's like saying, who wants to go to the store for me? I'll go, I'll go, I'll go, right? I mean, isn't that the way we are? I mean, I'm excited about stuff, and and I got thinking, I got thinking, I don't know, I mean, I realize I have a chronological age and I realize that sometimes my body doesn't act and behave the way I would like it to. Right? My hair doesn't grow anymore. I mean, you know, I got all these things. <coughs> but there's something inside of me that I want to do exceedingly more than I did yesterday. I, I mean, I, I, uh, <laughs> this has nothing to do with anything but you know, you all know I had heart surgery or open heart surgery in February, and I <clears throat> I sold my motorcycle, and I sent my oldest daughter in Georgia a note. I said I sold my motorcycle today, and she was ecstatic. Dad, praise God, and I said I'm going to pick up a new one right now. <laughs> but that's just sort of the way I am. So, so this whole idea, send me. You know where this comes from. It comes from Isaiah 6. Where it says, Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? Who will go for us? And I, and I said, Here I am. Send me. I want to go. And the Lord said, Go. Go. <coughs> go and tell my people. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for water. Um, But use this time, Father. Use this time in a way that will change us, challenge us, conform us into the image that you've called us to be, into the church that you've called us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. I cannot drink water and talk at the same time, just so you know that. But think about the word go. Go is a very active word. It means movement. It means something more than what you're doing right now, which is sitting, looking very dapper, all of you, without exception. But when the, when the Lord said, we're, I, I wonder who we're going to send. <coughs> I sometimes think that, that what God is doing is looking for people who are willing. Willing. And, and, and he's looking for someone that's going to say, I'll do it. I'll go. I'll go. You see, the thing about going is not about what's it going to cost me. It's not about those things of that we often worry about. It's just like, I, I think that going, the fun part of going is not knowing as to what's coming by going. Just jumping in. How many of you are, are people who are willing to take risks? Any risk takers in here? Yeah. See, that's interesting because there's a lot of people that say they're risk takers and they're not willing to risk anything. My wife is like that. Now, she's pretty good, okay, but anyway, we're not going there. Listen, Moses said, when Moses sent them to explore, who did he send, by the way, to explore? Twelve spies, right? And to those twelve spies, he said, go, go into the land and check it out. I want to know what's there. I want to know what you see, what you find, this land of plenty. You know that story, right? I mean, we've heard, if you've been in the church for any length of time, in fact, you don't even have to be in the church to have heard this story about the 12 tribes. And, and, and so 12 went out. 10 said, Man, now don't go. And two said, go, for our God is able. Now think about this for a moment, because if you look at this, the question that I want you to think about is which group would you find yourself in? Which group? Would you be part of the ten, or would you be one of the two? See, I would want to say I would be one of the two, but (coughs) I don't know. You see, it's really comfortable. I mean, if you think about it, the ten If you look at what you already have, it's really comfortable to stay in it. A bunch of the guys were talking in the back before and we were talking about our physique and what's happened to it over the last 20 years and how we have a section of our closet of clothes that we hope to someday fit back into. Right? Right? Because we remember what that was like. I've got clothes that I remember what that was like when I used to wear that shirt 20 years ago. And I, my wife said to me on the way over here, she goes, would you like me to clean out your closet? <laughs> Guys, don't ever fall for that. It's not a good thing, okay? But the question about, you know, I, familiarity is great. It's good. It's it's comfortable. It's like the old recliner chair. Who wants to get a new one? I like this one. It smells like me. <laughs> and the dog. Going means risk. We, we moved. We sold our... Well, we, we moved last December and moved into a new house. We sold our old house. And it's been a change And when I first talked to my wife about going, she goes, I don't want to go. Why? Because we like what's familiar. We like standards. We like things the same. How many of you love to try new food? How many don't? Let me put it that way. Yeah, there's a few of you. It's like, uh uh-uh, I ain't going there. How many like sushi? Yeah, you can keep it. Eat mine too. I don't want to eat anything that's not been cooked, and that just doesn't look good. You're weird. <laughs> just weird people. But the thing is, the question is, which group would we be in? By the way, I'm going to share some stuff today that that you may go, Pastor Steve, don't ever have him come back. We don't like him anymore, Okay. But the reality, the this, this first song you guys did, what was that? It was about the church, the kingdom here. We are the church, right? What does that mean? We, you and I, are the church. And, and what does that look like out there? What does it look like in our communities? What does it look like in our country? Well, Jesus said in Matthew 28, therefore, what? Go. Go and make disciples of all nations. Go and make disciples of all nations that you like. Go and make disciples with all nations that accept you. Go and make born-again people. Go and build a church. No. He said, go and make disciples. That's what he said. Simple. Here's the deal. And, and, I, and by the way, you know, I'm an alliance guy, but I really hate the idea of going to build a church or to church plant. Why? Because if you go to build a church, you will never get disciples. But if you go to build disciples, you always get a church. And so the idea and the concept is Jesus said, go and make disciples. How many have heard of a video that's out right now that's being out on YouTube called Sheep Among Wolves? Anyone heard of that? My wife has. So if you have an opportunity, Google it on YouTube. There's chapters there's one and two. Look at two. It's two hours. Going to invest two hours. And it's a church in Iran. Yeah. It is the church in Iran. And here's the interesting thing, ladies. The church primarily is women. And by the way, they didn't come out of convents. When I was here a, a while ago, one of the groups, your group, was doing Messy Christianity. Loved that book. Why? Because if you're going to do Christianity, if you're going to go and make disciples, you're going to deal with messy stuff. It will not fit in neat little packages. In fact, we have churches in our country that won't allow some of those messy Christians to come into their building. You know that, right? Sad. Sad. When I came into the Alliance in 2001, there were like 160 Alliance churches in, in our Western Pennsylvania district. you know how many we have now? Under 140. Why? Because churches are closing. Why are they closing? Because it's I, us five and no more. It, it, it's We have forgotten what God has called us to do, and that is to go make disciples. And making disciples is tough. And here's what they do in Iran, and I love the idea. They work at going and making disciples. They're not worried about a sinner's prayer. Teach them to make disciples. And Jesus went on to say, and teach them to obey all the commandments that I have given you. It's about beholding God for who he is, and then what? Behaving. And we often go, If you want to come here, you have to behave. You have to do this, and you have to do the other thing. Oh, and get a Bible, preferably this translation, because, by the way, I know Steve doesn't do this, but I've been around some that do. And you should come to this group, and that group, and the other group. So, in Ephesians... And this isn't, I don't have this up there, but Ephesians, the first three chapters of Ephesians is about beholding. Look at God, look who he is, look at how he has done. Awesome that he is. And then in chapter four, he says, therefore, because of everything I've just said, therefore, I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you, beg you, lead a life worthy of your calling. You have been called by God. Who's he talking to? A group of pastors. No. He's talking to a group just like us. He said, walk, live according to your calling. What is your calling? Go and make disciples. That's part of your calling. Do you know that's interesting to me that that Paul says that my job is to equip you to do the work. Think about that. Pastors, teachers, evangelists, prophets, all of that are given to the church for the equipping of the saints to do the work of the ministry. And the problem is, is that sometimes what we do is that we become the ones that are working. I was earlier, between the services, I was thinking that Sundays are sometimes my worst days as far as getting done on Sundays, and I just want to go take a nap, because I am tired because it's, and, and and even musicians do this too. If you're if you're entering into worship, and by the way, I loved worship this morning, Drew. I loved it, I, and and partly because the church is a place. This becomes the place of healing, of restoration, and worship for me is a place of restoration. It's a place that before I came this morning, I went down. I have a keyboard in the basement. By the way, don't ever ask me to play keyboard. Because what I do in playing keyboard, and I think Drew would understand, anyone that plays may understand this. I love just taking and playing through progressions and chords. No song. Just doing that. When I play guitar, I've done that. Just just pick a a key and just play. And pick. And use it as an offering unto the Lord. Why? Because it's It's the heart that's worshiping. When God said go and make disciples of all nations, who was he talking to? He was talking to you and I. He was talking to all of us to go. And we forget that the going is about disciples, not church attenders. See, one of the problems about going is that God will only seek out the willing. And the question is, are you willing? Are you willing to go where God is wanting you to go? Remember my Jack Russell. When I say to my Jack Russell, you want to go? She doesn't, she's just willing. She has no care about where. She is just willing because guess who she's going to be with? Me. Or my wife. I mean, she is just, I'm excited they want me. yay. You know, and she is just out the door. Now she gets in the van and goes, you know. But the question is, are you willing? And the problem with willingness is sometimes we actually have to count the cost. What is it going to cost to do that? Jesus paid the ultimate price for the cross. He was willing from the very beginning to say, yes, Father, I will go. And he went. Why? Because it was going to benefit him? Of course not. The benefit for Christ was not there. It was the benefit for who? You and I and all peoples. All peoples. Everywhere. You know, I said this in the first service. I don't... Now I started it. Should I finish it? <laughs> Listen. Loving people who are different than us is hard. And the only way that you're going to love them is to go be with them. To go develop a relationship like this awesome grandma right here. That's what the shirt says, right? Why? Because if we don't do that, then we don't understand who they are. Listen. I'm a guy, I've been married to my wife for 54 years, I still don't understand women. Okay? I have three daughters. I don't understand women. But that doesn't mean that I don't try. How many great granddaughters do we have? All of them, right? Say, she doesn't even know. Four. We're finally getting some great grandsons. Praise the Lord. All I'm saying is, is that listen, if you want to if you want to make disciples, you're going to have to extend your walls, extend your comfort zones out to others who you may not ever know. I have learned that that a friend of mine uh, sent me a, a text message this morning, and he said greetings from Hong Kong and I said oh I hate you I love Hong Kong I want to go back there and live but my wife won't let me go but, but, I, but I love cultures I don't understand cultures and I have learned that if we're not willing to cross the bridge to where that person is then we will never understand them And we will never be able to bring the gospel to them. Here's the deal. God God is not calling or sending you to be religious. But rather to live like Jesus lived, love like Jesus loved, and lead others like Jesus led others. And then the other thing that's not on there is leave behind what Jesus left behind. What did Jesus leave behind? Disciples. I had a lady say to me the other day that, she said, my mother is such a holy woman. She is so holy. And I said, really? That's awesome. She goes, yes. She goes to church. She prays. She doesn't smoke and she doesn't drink. She's holy. And I'm thinking, if that's what you think is holy, I don't want any part of that. So, so I know, I don't know if Steve shared this. <laughs> Steve, if you're listening to this, uh forgive me. <laughs> District t- Council was just recently, a couple weeks ago, right? Y'all know that. And so we had a guy from Salem, Oregon doing the primary speaking during the day. It was awesome. The guy was awesome. He was a pastor of, of outreach, I think, in, in Salem, Oregon, and it was great. And he He's an Alliance guy, and he was talking to these Alliance pastors, and he said, one of the things we do is there's a group of us that get together every week, and we go to a bar. (laughs) Did you hear what he said? He said, a bar. And we have a beer once in a while. I don't know if that's how he said it, but do you know that our pastors in the Alliance are like, Oh, my goodness. I can't believe he said that at at our... He drank. How are you going to meet the world if you don't go where the world is? Now, whether or not you want to drink, I don't really care. If you want to get drunk, we'll have a talk. How's that? The Alliance, I don't know if you know this, the Alliance has actually released or, or, or... um, not released. Um, yeah, release their expectations of alcohol usage. Now, what does it mean? B- basically, you know what? I, I used to say to my elders, I don't care if you have a glass of wine. I don't care if you have a beer. I don't care. If you drink and you get excess, I care. We'll have a talk about it. We'll, we'll discuss that. But here's the deal. If you're going to reach people for Christ, it's going to be messy, Plain and simple. It's just going to be messy. If you're going to go into the darkness, bring light to the darkness, then you've got to find the dark places to go to. And I was in a meeting recently, last week with a group of pastors, about 17 leaders, and that subject was brought up because it was brought up about what was said at council. And I was like, wow, I can't believe I'm hearing. And it was like, there was anger. Now maybe some of you were angry with fact that I said that, well, I can't believe the alliance is going there. Listen, what the alliance should be doing is going after people that don't know Christ. That's what they should be doing, and that's what we're called to do. See, God isn't looking for us to be religious. He's looking for us to be followers of Jesus in such a way as the others would see Jesus. Remember Jesus went to Matthew's house, the tax collector? And the religious people were what? Upset. Because he was meeting with sinners. He was sitting at the table with drunks and tax collectors and all the people who were not the people whom God really loved. And Jesus said, in essence, He said, it's the sick who need the physician. Now what I'm saying to you is that God has called us to go, and God has called us to go to places that are difficult and may stretch you out of your comfort zones, but that doesn't mean that it's not God. How many saw the story of, of uh, Bush and Barbara Bush and his, and uh, former President Bush and Ellen DeGeneres at the right? I loved that story. I absolutely loved the story. And yet I have had and heard, personally and read, where people are on both sides of the fence are just really up in arms about it. Are you kidding me? I think Ellen's response was fabulous. Absolutely fabulous. You see, I go back to this. Christianity is messy. And just because you're a Christian doesn't mean that everything flows wonderfully and awesomely for the rest of your life. No. No. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. Listen, here's a quote that I just came across the other day. Church is not where Christians really need to be. That's not where the work happens. It's just our rest stop and place to refuel. That's why I love worship because i get restored and refueled the real work comes when we leave our churches when we enter the doors of public schools when we go to work on monday morning when we when we're driving our cars or walking through walmart or dollar general or wherever wherever it is the real work of being a christian is in the real world and not in these pews and if we don't understand that and start to grasp that and start to be the church instead of going to church then we become ineffective for the work that Christ has called us to. And that's why one of the reasons our children don't grasp Christianity because they don't see it the way that God has called us to see it. Remember the 12 spies that Moses sent out? 10 chose to stay where it was comfortable, only two chose to enter into God's plan. And unfortunately, I believe that that percentage is often the way it is within our bodies. Very few actually will be willing to go where God has called them to go because they don't want to leave their comfort zones. And God is calling us. And these days, God is calling us to step out of our comfort, step into the places that he's called us to. Why? Because I believe the time is short. Your pastor is, is, is preaching through the book of Revelation, is he not? I hear it's good. I'm not going to, I was not going to follow him in trying to preach that. In fact, what I told him was, I was going to do was preach on a Caleb ministry. Why? Because Caleb was two of the guys that said, we're going. And what I love about Caleb at 80 years old, I'm not there yet, but I'm getting there. But at 80 years old, he said, I want that mountain. That's where I want to go. There's danger there. There's giants there. But I'm taking it. And that's the kind of person I want to be. And a Caleb ministry is just simply going out and finding what others are not doing and doing it. And that's what we need to be doing. So when I come back, I'll tell you what that is. And I don't know when I'm coming back. Because I actually I started working on that and I couldn't. I wound up doing this. Because I thought, I got to do a base. Because I want to be one that chooses the plan that God has. It doesn't mean that that plan is easy. Jesus had a cross in his plan. He had ridicule. He had scourging. He had whips. He had all of that stuff in his plan. And he said, nevertheless, Father, your will be done, not my own. Are we willing to do that? It's not easy. Listen, the best gospel message, the best one that you could ever carry is your own story. That will resonate with people. I was down. I was broken. And God healed me. I was hurt. And God came in. Listen, you may not like someone else's story, but that story is the one that God is using in that person's life. And the thing is, is that you can start telling that story here, there, and everywhere. It doesn't matter where you are. I love it because I can tell my story in places that the gospel can't go. Isn't that interesting? The, The gospel won't go in there. I, as a pastor, can't go in and preach, but I can go in and tell my story. And people go, wow. Why? Because it's your story. <laughs> I've had some, I've, I've told some stories about how the Holy Spirit has worked in situations that are just blow me away and they go, oh, really? I said, yeah, but it's, it's, see, it's not the Holy Spirit. It's about Jesus, really. The Holy Spirit. See, Jesus said that when the Holy Spirit comes, he will give you what? Power. Power to do what? Dance? No. Power to be my witness. So, I'm I'm <laughs> I'm sorry. I stopped. I know. I know. I was just looking to see if someone was here because I before I did this next part, I wanted to um, I invited them anyway. That's another whole story. So, see this picture. What do you see? What do you see in that picture? see a man standing. His arms are open. He's looking. This man's name is Denny. And four and a half years ago, Denny found out he had prostate cancer. And so he went through all the stuff that needed to be done. At the same time, his wife had breast cancer. Last week, and I think it was last week, two weeks ago, a week or two weeks ago, Denny found out that he has cancer in his kidney. One of the things that Denny started doing when he retired was he started painting. This is a self-portrait. What's he facing? A storm. Can you see what's in the far distance? Where's he, Where's his eyes? You see, and I, I'd asked Denny permission to do this, and I also asked if I could put this overlay on that. And the overlay is what Psalm one twenty one. I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, and Maker of heaven and earth. See what is then? And let me let me just finish this. Um, this is the rest of Psalm 121. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your comings and goings now and forevermore. You see, what is Denny doing? He's taking his trial and he is making it as a witness, as a testimony. You see, the saying is, is that preach the gospel wherever you are and if you need to, use words. You see, that picture, that picture alone speaks. Speaks. And I guess the question is, if we're in a place of trial, you see, I'm going to take that picture and I want to put it on my wall. Why? Because as a reminder that when my back is against it and there's a storm in front of me, I keep my eyes centered on the cross because that is what's going to take me through it. And though there's a storm, it will not suffocate me. And you see, that becomes... A focal point. And all Denny is doing is using a gift. He's I've got another picture of his in my in my cave, my man cave of my sailboat, or not my sailboat, but as sailboat. Because I used to sail. And so the question is, where do you where where will you go? Only those who have their eyes fixed upon the Lord are really equipped to go. Because if you look at the stuff, the storm, the trials, the tribulations, the struggles, you may say, "Nah, it's not worth it. I don't want to do this. But see, God is calling us to leave here and go out there and be the church. Be the ones that people see Jesus, the Christ in us so that they can look at us and say, I don't know what it is, but you have something I want. What is it? What is different about you? Why? Because your testimony, your story is the gospel that Jesus wants to hear. Do you know why the church is flourishing in Iran? One of the reasons is because the people have realized that Islam is, Does not hold it. And when people start to tell others. That Jesus is real. Jesus came to me in a dream. And spoke to me. And I am different. The question is. You're so quiet. But the question is, will you go? Will you go? And you have to determine, you have to and I and I personally I, I like getting into a quiet space and just and just asking, Lord, where are my eyes? What are my eyes fixed on? And and I can get <laughs> I said to my wife. When we were driving over here, I said I saw a pair of Bose earphones that are on sale on Amazon right now for 25% off. <gasps> Do I hear an amen? <laughs> See, I, my eyes can get on, th- on things that have no value. It won't be the first set. Of, I'm not, I didn't order them. I didn't order them. Christmas is coming, though, folks. Pastor Appreciation Day, <laughs> but seriously, see I can get fixated on things. I can I can get fixated on things. Electronics I love electronics. I know I know your pastor is an Android kind of guy. I'm praying for him. I'm an Apple guy myself. And uh, but but I love electronics. I love gadgets. I love little trinket things. I mean I can go into a Cabela's store or, I mean I just. Oh, even goodwill i mean i just love goodwill but but the question is not is not about that but but here's the deal and i and you've heard me say say similar things like this seek out people of peace what does that mean seek out people whom the spirit of god is already working in and find them have say god seek direct me today when I'm going into Walmart if there's a person of peace that I need to talk to connect with, say something to, pray with whatever, direct me to them and then wait for that to happen and it will and sometimes it will and you will miss it and you realize afterwards I missed it, it's okay it's alright, you're learning, you're practicing it's not a big deal, it's like walking You see, he may not be calling you to some distant land, but he is calling you to go across the street. And, and the thing is, and I, and I can't emphasize this in, um, the, the most, the, you know, this is so important. I, it is not about, about getting worked up about injustice over there. It is about work being worked up about injustice right here. And if I am not part of the solution here, then I'm part of the problem. There, a friend of mine is driving home today. He uh, he was in a, in a particular. He was in a church for eighteen years, and some of what he'd been doing was preaching stuff like this, and the church didn't like it. And now he's not in ministry, and so he's working for a small company. And this company, uh, they went on a week long retreat. And he told me, he said, we, I am having such the time of my life. I am, it is so rewarding in ministry right now. You know why? Well, he's dealing with people who don't go to church. That's why. And he's dealing with people who are in lifestyles that you that Christians often go, oh, that's just bad. And he is finding that he has had more opportunity to minister to people and love people where they're at, and demonstrate Christ, where people have actually said, thank you for praying for me. Thank you for loving me where I'm at, even though I know you don't agree. That is what I want to be doing. That is going across the street. So here's the simple thing. Do you do a closing? Yeah. Here's a simple thing. And, and and this is the question that you and we all have to ultimately decide. Send me, Lord. I'll go. Now, I can't tell you what that ultimately will look like. But if you're willing to go where he is telling you to go, which is across the street, it's not going into Philadelphia. It's not going into uh, Miami, Florida. It could be. But probably is just going across the street we have people all over this county that need Jesus I, I think like the lady who told me about her mother who is so holy I'm afraid that mom needs Jesus I really am and so I I have a I have opportunity to share and I do share I go into it was actually in the state police station that this came up and and i've shared and i share what does it really mean to be holy what did jesus say about holiness what did god say about holiness is something is holiness something i do or is it something that generates out of my spirit because part of holiness is loving people where they're at part of holiness is 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 coming alongside of people that are different. Part of holiness is doing what God has called us to do, which is go. Father, you are calling us to new places. I know you are. And I know that you're calling us to get out of our comfort zones and go into the places that he will show us. And I know that this is not going to be easy. I know that it's not always going to be... uh, a place that we may want to go. But Lord, you ordained it. And I hope that each of us would settle this in our hearts today or over the week or over the month or over this next year. This tension between going and staying and that that the Spirit of God himself would come in and create even more tension with serving self or serving the Lord, and that balance would tip towards serving you, and that we would go to the place that he's called us to go today. For tomorrow, it may be a new place. In Jesus' name, amen.